0: one thing that we learn is that god says we can speak our pain we can sing our pain we can pray our pain
1: welcome to baptist without an adjective a podcast of word and way i'm your host word and way editor and president brian kaler on this program, we'll hear from Baptists from across the denominational, ethnic, national, and ideological lines that too often divide us. At Word and Way, we've been informing and inspiring Baptists since 1896. Learn more about us at WordandWay.org. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Baptist without an Adjective. Earlier this week, we had our normal interview episode with Paul Macissa, President of the Baptist World Alliance. And if you missed that, I'd really encourage you to go and check that out. That was episode 65, as he talks about the work of the Baptist World Lions, as well as the impact on his faith of growing up in apartheid in South Africa. And so since we've had him on the program now, I wanted to use this opportunity to bring a sermon that he preached two years ago at First Baptist Church in Jefferson City, Missouri. This is before we started the podcast, so we didn't play it then, but we did feature him in the magazine, both this message and an interview with him at that time. So this is a chance to hear even more. From this important global Baptist leader and some of his thoughts about faith and about how we live that faith out. So I hope you find this sermon to be interesting and inspiring as we listen once again to Paul Masisa, president of the Baptist World Alliance.
0: Let me bring you greetings on behalf of my family. I was trying to look at my watch, it's almost like after midnight back home and I'm still on that time and I'm trying to stay awake, I hope I will, I won't sleep on you, but um, I'm thankful to God really to, to be here and I'm bringing greetings from my local church and from your sisters and brothers in the Baptist World family. As Pastor Sager explained, it's, it's, it's a worldwide family. We are privileged and we are always will always be thankful to God for this worldwide family of Baptists. It is always a great privilege uh, to be in the Baptist World um, Alliance gatherings because it is where the prayer of the Lord is manifested. When he said, I don't only pray for these, but I pray even for those who will hear the word through them that they may be one. Because when we sit in that meeting, We come from all tongues, we come from all tribes, we come from all shades and colors of the world, and we all pronounce one name, the name of Jesus. And is that so wonderful? We bless the Lord for that. And let me say that uh, on behalf of the Baptist World Alliance, uh, we offer our gratitude and thanks for your support for over the years and to know that you'll continue to be a part of Baptist World Alliance, we just want to say thank you. Let us continue to build this world family uh, that presents Christ, that becomes a testimony in a divided world, a world that is full of conflict, a world that is full of hatred, and yet we are saying in Christ we can present a stronger and a better testimony of unity in his blood. Is that not wonderful? Indeed, it's a great story that we can share with the world. And I thank God that I, I can come and just share with you. I have a short word that we should share with you as we reflect upon the word of God. I want to take a story from the new testament try and bring it to this season try to bring it to this time in john chapter 6 the gospel according to john chapter 6 verses 1 to 9 a well-known passage of scripture sorry it's it's verses 16 to 21 a well-known passage of scripture um, about the disciples of the lord jesus Crossing the Sea of Galilee at night. If I'll just quickly read it. And when evening had come, the disciples went down to the sea and entered into a boat and went over the sea towards Capernaum. And it was now dark, Jesus had not come to them. And the sea rose up because of the great winds that blew. Then, having rowed about twenty-five or thirty furlongs, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the ship, and they were afraid. But he said to them, "I am. Do not be afraid." Then they were willing to receive him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. Shall we just bow for a moment? Heavenly Father, we thank you, acknowledge that this is your hour, this is your time, that you always give us, Father, to sit around the table and to feed from your word. I present God, myself, I present each and every one of us tonight that you'll minister to us, God, through your word. Cover, God, clothe and anoint by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Crossing over to the other side, I want to talk about the thought just for a moment. Life is a journey that takes us from birth to youth, to adulthood. And this journey, at times we face or pass through challenging terrains. It's like walking through the desert without water, walking up and down the mountains in the dark valleys. David is one among many characters in the Bible who explains or who experiences these dark valleys of the shadow of death. The pain of going through a moment and feeling that God has deserted you. When you hear the cry of our Lord Jesus Christ at the cross, My Lord, my Lord, why hast thou forsaken me? This is a moment that we feel when we go through. A moment of pain, a moment where we feel life has turned against us. The question we deal with to try and understand the pain, at times we ask a very honest question. God, where are you when I am going through such a moment? Most of us have stories that we can share. My older sister, who has gone to be with the Lord, used to share this story with me and tell me that, younger brother, little brother, when you were a baby, there were times we thought you had left us. You grew up as a sickly child. And she would tell me that there was a day when my late mom and my late aunt had tried everything. Because I was born, raised during the time of segregation and apartheid in South Africa. So my family wouldn't have money to take me to the doctor. And so our people had to learn ways and means of dealing with some sicknesses. And so that day my aunt who knew some things about trying to cure sicknesses that would attack babies had tried everything and my mom had tried everything and my sister told me that they just put this lifeless body on the floor and left me to see what God will do. But God gave me life back. And this is the question that Somebody may ask, what has a little baby done to deserve this? There are two incidents that went viral on social media these past years. And for me, they are the most stories that describe pain sorrow in a most explicit and deep way. One is this, that, that clip picture of that little baby the body of a baby that was washed on the shores of Turkey I don't know if you've seen that the baby was with the parents who were running away from Syria in the raft and the raft was swept by the waves the parents survived but the baby couldn't make it when I look at that picture Look at the faces in the picture they saw, the face of the father holding that baby crying. Lifeless body of the baby crying. It's the pain that is so real on this planet Earth that we face as human beings. The other story happened last year. It was put on media by CNN of a little boy, could be about six, seven or eight years, or even five years, who was rescued from the rubble of a house that was destroyed by bombs in Syria. And they show that boy who was dazed because he didn't know what was happening. Those rescued him, put him in an ambulance, he was bleeding. Every time I look at that, that video, I can't help it but I end up crying because I, I don't see just a baby I see my child Going through that pain See myself going through that pain And the, and the CNN put on a, head, a heading on that And said It's a reminder of the horrors of war But in the midst of all that kind of pain That I'm trying to put before you is the fact that it does not only happen to any other people, this happen to even those of us who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In this story, the Lord had just performed a miracle, he had just multiplied five loaves, two fish fed the multitude. It was wonderful. It was a moment of celebration. This is one of the rare miracles because the disciples participated in that miracle. The bread multiplied as they were breaking it. Their faith must have been strengthened. They must have been saying to one another, we can do it. We saw it happen. And the Lord said to them, you get into the boat as I disperse the crowd." cross over to the other side. He didn't tell them what was going to happen on the way. Cross over to the other side and they got into that boat, I believe excited, maybe even looking forward to what was going to happen on the other side to say What we saw happen here is going to be greater on the other side. However, they didn't know that crossing over was going through a dark hour. It was going to be an hour of darkness. Because we are told that they had not rode even more than five miles. As it became dark, they came against a storm in the sea. For many Christians, the question would be, if the Lord said, go get into the boat, I should not expect challenges. Because I am not going from my own decision It is an instruction by the Lord. But let me say this evening that even when the Lord has instructed us to cross over, it does not mean we will not face the darkest hours of life. Even when we have become Christians, even when we have responded to the call of God, even when we try to be faithful, We try to do everything to serve the Lord. That does not mean that we shall not face times of trial and tribulations. Because at times we listen, we read about preachings and teachings that seem to say, that dark days come because we have done wrong that is not always the case the Lord did not do anything wrong yet he had to carry our pain and on this day I don't know if Peter James John Thomas Nathaniel all the 12 apostles if they had done anything wrong but They came into a storm. Somebody may say, they faced a storm for being obedient. Just for taking a step and then uh, when the Lord said, you cross over, says, yes sir, yes master, yes teacher, yes rabbi, we will cross over. And they faced that storm. It was dark, probably not as, not as cold as Jefferson tonight. <laughs> but I had a little experience of being in a boat at night. Some few years back we went on a mission trip in Guyana and we're going to have a service in this church. Baptist preachers looking forward to go and share the word of God. we excited. We got into this boat. At least ours had that small engine. Rolled by the engine and we sat there. Going towards the church service was the most beautiful scenery I've ever been, I've, I've, I've experienced. Because we're sitting in that boat. The sun was about to set. you imagine you? Shining waters, trees on every side. We look at the people. They were waving at us. We waved back. We had a nice, beautiful cruise. We arrive at the place, docked the boat, got it for the service. And the service became longer and longer. And I became restless and restless. Because I was thinking about the way back because I asked, is there a road? They said, no, we're going to sail back. I said, my goodness. And indeed, after the benediction, I, I wish they could have said to us, you slip over and from the following day. No, no. They said, church clothes. We went down the river, got into that small boat, We travel, it was so dark. I couldn't see the person sitting next to me. And our captain has had a small flashlight. That was the only light we had. And he was just holding it like this. It was quiet. The only thing you could hear was the motto. We're not talking. As we travel, It was scary for me because I was told that river is very deep. Anything happen, we will not be able to swim. We don't know where we were. But Peter and James, they as were worse. It was not only dark, windy and waves. Facing the danger in the middle of the night. Now I always had a little bit of fun, because as I realized we were approaching our destination, I asked Mr. Captain, Mr. Captain, do you want to tell me that this flashlight was really helpful for you to see where you are going? He said, no, I was doing it for you guys. I'm doing this every time. I was just making you not to be afraid. I said, thank you for telling us. We're getting out of your boat. Peter and James, I don't know if they had any flashlight, but there they were in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, their boat, it's not the 21st century boat, it's an old wooden boat, roared by men with their own hands, pushed by the winds, pushed by the wind. These were Jewish men. I believe that they had said a prayer. We don't know how many hours they had spent but it looked like it was a long night of trying to cross to the other side. They had prayed. I'm happy that sometimes because we are taught the word of God that we know that we are told to wait upon the Lord. But if they were told some kind of gospel that would say to them, "You need to demand it. They might have commanded the wind, told the wind to silence, and the wind continued to blow stronger and stronger." And they were afraid because we are told that when the Lord approached, when they saw the shadows, they screamed. They were afraid. These were men. I'm not sure if Mary Magdalene was among the crew, but these were the men. And I don't know about men in, in, in America, but in Africa, it doesn't matter when somebody is scared and when they call for help, they call for mama. <laughs> they, they were scared. But there's something that we learn when you look at the story of the disciples. It's a moment of persistence, a moment of endurance. That we learn. They didn't turn the boat back and postpone the journey. They strive on, they endured, they persisted. The temptation of turning back and postponing probably was there. To say, we can turn back and allow the wind to push us back quickly, we will begin this journey tomorrow. But they pushed against the wind, and at times, Christianity is like that. To push against the things that wants to push us back, to resist, to persist. The Lord Jesus Christ in Luke 18 talks about the widow who went and seek justice from an unjust judge. And the Lord said, she went over and over until the judge said, I will do something. And the Lord asked a question. When the son of man come on earth, will he find faith among the people? We learn to persist. How does somebody who talk like maybe there's... Pain. We we don't understand pain. We understand pain. The suffering. The time. When you kneel down to pray. And you pray and you feel. Indeed that your prayer reaches the ceiling. And comes back to you. You want to sing a song. You don't find any joy in that song. You want to read a verse. And the Bible is as quiet as reading a newspaper. In that moment, we learn one thing as Christians. Not to give up. Not to turn back. But to roll harder. To say, God, give me grace and give me mercy. To move on. Because if we turn back. Who said tomorrow won't have his own troubles? We can't postpone loving the Lord in the midst of trials and want to step aside and said, "When trials and tribulations have come and go, then I will start my journey." No, true Christianity shows itself. Our faith is strengthened when we go and persist and move on. In South Africa, and I know it is, it is all of us humanity, but let me speak about the little experience. Uh, during the dark days of apartheid, when, when there was killing of people, it was terrible, it was bad. When there was flowing of innocent blood in the streets of our townships and our cities, we used to sing a song. The song had these words, what have we done wrong? What have we done wrong? And when we sing that song, it would sound like a song of people are going to give up, but that song used to give us strength. Because we said, we didn't do any wrong to deserve this. It will come and go. Uh, and, and, and I don't know if you've watched some of the the, the movies about the struggles of the people of South Africa, and you'd remember the words of that song. What have we done here in this land, in this motherland, Africa? There's nothing that we've done wrong, but we're going through. A dark hour. And what Pastor Sager read, the poem of Jeremiah, explaining the pain of seeing Jerusalem being destroyed as both a prophet and a priest, somebody who knows how sacred the temple was, the holy of holiest, lay open, destroyed, and burned down. Feeling, God, you have deserted us. What have we done to deserve this? Let me say, repeat the words that the pastor said. That, My dear sisters and brothers. When we go through this moment. One thing that we learn. Is that God says, we can speak our pain. We can sing our pain. We can pray our pain. Jeremiah spoke his pain to the Lord. David spoke, sang his pain, his pain to God. And that's what we learn: to say prayer at times will not be a prayer that says, "Thank you, God, because I've received what I've asked for." But it's going to be a prayer of lamentation to say, God, why hast thou forsaken me? But we know that at times we are so bombarded with the kind of religion that says, you can't say that because when you say that, you're speaking negative. No, you are being honest and say, God, I am facing a real situation. Somebody told me a story of a young man, came to church and sat in church, looked at believers and left and told his friend, I will not go to church any longer. And they asked him why. He says, when I went into church, all the people that I saw, they were all smiling, none of them was having pain and I felt like. I'm, I don't fit in that society because I feel I have pain. I feel I'm lost. Sometimes we can put up a face of saying all is well. No, yes, we worship God even when tears die, run down our cheeks. We, 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 we say hallelujah not because we woke up with a healthy body. We say praise your name, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You are the Lord of Lords and the Kings of Kings, not because everything is well, but because he is in charge. Crossing over, as believers, we know that we'll reach the other side. The disciples did not expect the Lord to come. They were still trying to roll to the other side. And all of a sudden, he appeared. And there's this wonderful story about Christianity. That he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Even when he thought, think that I am away. I am with you. I am with you in your pain. I understand your tears. And therefore, Jeremiah says in the same chapter, in verse 22, because because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We obey the Lord and follow the Lord when we come through, when we come into the difficult places of our lives God help us to persist to endure let us learn to sing, pray glorify God in the midst of our tears. Yes, it is not it is not something easy to say, but we know that once we start that song and start to tell tell God we feel better. We are assured that He's going to come alongside us. We are assured that we are going to see the shadows in the dark. And when we scream and think it's a ghost, he's going to tell us it's not a ghost. It is I. Don't be afraid. I will take you to the other side. May the Lord bless us. Amen.
1: Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Baptist About an Adjective. You can learn more about the Baptist World Alliance at bwanet.org. As always, you can find us at WordAndWay.org. If you've enjoyed this episode, I hope that you will share it with your friends on Facebook. Head over to iTunes or your favorite podcast platform and write a positive review to help more people to find the show. You can find easy-to-share links at podcast.wordandway.org. If you have any comments or feedback, please send them to me at bkaler at wordandway.org. And if you'd like to support this program, you can do so by heading to wordandway.org and hitting the Donate button. Anything you give will help support the production of this podcast as well as our monthly magazine and our website. Thanks for listening.